Get ready to dive into God's Word from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Uh, And uh, just so uh, some of my friends uh, will know that uh, I'm not going to rub anything in today, I promised a couple of people out in the hallway that I know there was a ball game last night, and and, uh, I promised I wouldn't say a word about... um, about the game, so, <laughs> that's all right, oh man, that's just, that's not right, I'm, I apologize, I know, Paul, Paul it's all good, it's all good, uh, James Buchanan might have just got up and walked out, I'm not, are you still back here, but you good, okay, good, all right, he's just giving me the thumbs down, just, uh, he won't give as much in the offering this week, probably, that's the only difference, but. Uh, Today we're going to start a new series. I'm excited about it. Uh, We're going to be talking about boundaries uh, in our lives and how some boundaries need to be established in our lives in order for us to live the life that that God has called us to. And when we think about the word boundaries, uh, there are certain images that might come to mind. I don't know what the first one is that comes to your mind. Some of you might be thinking uh, uh, maybe about a fence, something uh, along these lines, or maybe some of you might be thinking about a, 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 bro- a brick wall or a stone wall or something like that, or, or maybe you're thinking of a guardrail as you're going down the highway and there's a, a guardrail on the edge of the road. Uh, maybe that comes to mind. But each of these images uh, represent a different boundary of one kind or, or another. Uh, but what are they for? What is a boundary for? Well, they're pretty obvious, really. A geography uh, boundary is, is something that marks the end of, of one piece of land or one piece of property, and it starts into the next. Uh, some may uh, just simply call it a dividing line, but uh, we have these, these boundaries. And, and having boundaries can be a very, very good thing. There's very uh, many good, boundary, or good things that can come from having boundaries. Uh, for instance, if you look at that stone wall that I, that I put up there, that's just an old-fashioned stone wall that was used for protection. That was built around a piece of property uh, back in the old days so that people couldn't come in and do things they weren't supposed to do if they were uh, attacking you or something along those lines. Or that guardrail. How many of you would like to have driven along that stretch of road without that guardrail that you saw up there? None of us would really want to do that, right? Or if you have a fence between you and a neighbor, that may be key keeps the neighbor's dog out of your yard, or it might uh, tell you how much grass you need to be cutting, whatever the the case uh, may be. And so we have these boundaries, and we need these boundaries uh, so that we don't get hurt, right? That's what they're for. They protect us from going into areas or doing things that we shouldn't do. And I think the same thing is true in our relationships. We need boundaries in our relationships to make sure that we're safe. To make sure that some things don't happen that shouldn't happen. About six years ago, uh, I convinced Stacy that we needed a pet. And to be honest, uh, I prefer a dog, but we were gone so much. Our, our lifestyles are such that we're not home very much. We didn't think it would be fair to a dog to bring that into the house and then be gone all the time because dogs require a lot more attention. And so we, we decided we're going to get a cat. Because they're pretty independent, right? Um, This is a picture of said cat, right? Uh, Her name is Lola. Uh, We got her at the shelter. 
Uh, she's just precious. Uh, he, he, here's a picture of Lola helping me change guitar strings. Um, Honestly, she wasn't helping at all. She was swatting at him, and I had to be quick trying to poke the string through the tuning peg so that Lola didn't scratch my hand, and I was going so fast that I goofed up, and I poked the end of my finger with the guitar string and hurt myself. Uh, I'll be honest with you. She annoys the fire out of me, and uh, um, this cat is always in my business. Now, I, it's that love-hate relationship. Anybody else? Anybody with me on that? Um, I mean, I love her, but I'd, I'd like to love her a little bit more at a distance, you know, and, and, and so she's always in my business. She doesn't think that she has any boundaries, right? She thinks she owns the house. She's pretty right, uh, and the couch is hers. The recliner is hers. She even jumps up on top of me while I'm asleep, and she'll, if I'm lying on my back, she'll sleep on my chest. If I'm lying on my side, she'll sleep on my side, depending on which way, you know, I'm lying. Is how we'll lock her out of the bedroom, and she'll scratch at the door, and she's clawing at the carpet trying to get in. So we either have to listen to that all night or let her in and annoy the fire out of us. And they say that some live to be 23, 24 years old. Lola's six. <laughs> Someone said, this is how we know that the world is round, because if it was flat, the cats would have knocked everything off of it by now. You know what I'm talking about? She'll do that in the middle of, night, of the night as well. What a lovely animal this would be if she just understood her boundaries, you know? Oh, oh and she's a... <laughs> I mean, you know how, no, nah, I'm not going to say what I'm, I, I'm not going to say. You want to know what I was getting ready to say, catch me after this service. I think she would be a lot more lovely. Remember last week we talked about how some people are not very lovable, right? But, but, but they're lovely, right? Or the other way around. That's what it is. Not so lovely, but more lovable. And that, that's kind of it is with, with, she, with Lola. She would be a lot more lovable. She's a lovely cat to look at her. But she would be a lot more lovable if she understood her boundaries. And a lot of us, when we start talking about dealing with, uh, with our boundaries, when we start talking about dealing in our relationships, uh, I believe a lot of us struggle because we haven't set those boundaries or we don't understand what those are. And I can honestly say that I often struggle with this. I'm probably not the best person to be speaking on this particular subject because here's what happens with me a lot of times. A lot of times I want to be helpful. A lot of times I want to help somebody else. A lot of times I am more interested in helping someone solve a problem than I am getting my own work done. If somebody comes into the office, and you know, I'm, I'm going to sit and talk to them. If a visitor comes in and needs to talk to me, I'm going to set aside what I'm doing to deal with what they're dealing with. And so I find it very incredibly hard, and Kendall can relate to this. I find it very incredibly hard to say no. It's really difficult for me to say no to people because I feel like if I'm saying no to people, I'm letting someone down. And sometimes I find it easier for me to work longer hours at work because I feel like, all right, this is the Lord's work, you know, and I'm being productive and, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because it's the Lord's work. But yet when I step back and I look at the bigger picture, I know that I've often neglected my family 
because I'm diving into my work. And I'll try to justify it, and I'll try to say, well, it's ministry, and this person really needs it, and, 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 and so on and so forth, and, and, you know, everybody understands. It's easy to write it off as I'm doing God's work and try to make it a spiritual thing. But the truth of the matter is sometimes, sometimes, it's more about me than anything else. So often I can neglect the things that are most important to me. The people that should be first in my life sometimes have taken a back seat because I don't have the proper boundaries in place, right? And then the people that matter the most to me, instead of getting the best of me, get what's, what's left. Now, why do I do that? Why, why am I willing to put my family on the back burner? Why am I willing to neglect them sometimes and, and, and deal with other people that really I shouldn't really care what they think of me anyway, but I try to please people. Why am I willing to do that? I think it's because I know that my family's always going to love me, right? My family's always going to show me grace. Regardless of what I do, my family's going to put up with me, right? And so I kind of rationalize it sometimes. And I think Dr. Mike Shannon, when I was in Bible college at, at Cincinnati uh, Christian, um, I remember him saying one time, he taught us this principle. He said, be careful how often you say yes to things that you don't have to do because oftentimes when you say yes to other people, you're saying no to your family. And so often, some of the most important people in our lives are getting shortchanged. Has anybody ever felt that way? Anybody else relate to this struggle or this boundary, so to speak, right? Um, I don't think anybody intentionally does it. I don't. Yet, we buy into the fact that we need to be more helpful towards other people. You know, the Bible says you're supposed to do that. But, or, or sometimes we say, you know what, my work needs me to complete this, this project. So often we tell ourselves, our family can wait. I'll make it up to them next week. I promise to play that game with my child. I promise and I'm going to read their favorite book to them tomorrow night. God, I know I haven't met with you in a long time. I promise I'm going to make it to church. I promise I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to do all of these things. Let me ask you a question. And I, and I just encourage you to be honest. And I encourage you to write your answer down on the sermon outline sheet that we handed out to you as you walked in. What are the boundaries that you're struggling with right now? Identify that. Write it down in your notes. Start praying about that and see what you need to do to make this better, to make this boundary. Because the Bible says that we are to guard our hearts. We're to guard ourselves. We are to establish these boundaries. And the more I thought about these boundaries, um, the more I thought, you know, the, the most important ones that I think we need to, to consider first, I'll start with the, the letter F, right? And, and, and so uh, think about that for just a moment, and we'll, we'll dig into that. Uh, so you can go ahead and write uh, three Fs on your card there. I know some of you, that's going to bring back painful memories of high school when you see those Fs on your card. Uh, go ahead and write those down, and uh, we'll deal with those in just a second. But here, here's the deal. We don't like to be told what to do. Raise your hand if you like to be told what to do, Right? Nobody likes to be told what to do. At least I don't think so. Nobody likes having these rules thrown upon us, even if they're good rules for us, even if we know that they're going to be helpful to us. Perfect example of this is a speed limit sign, right? How many of us always go the real speed limit all the time? Other than Spencer, I don't know of anybody. 
Amen, Uriah? Amen. I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah. We don't like to be told what to do or what not to do, right? We feel like, you know what, we can go an extra five miles over. It's not that big a deal. Or some of us even push a little bit farther and go 10 or 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. We think that we're doing a great thing if we're willing to go 10, 15 miles an hour over the speed limit, even take crazy chances to go around somebody on the highway just so you can... Beat them to the next stop sign. And, you know, how many is that, times has that ever happened? You see some crazy nut go around you driving way too fast, and then you're just you know, the slow turtle, and you just catch up with them at the stoplight or the stop sign. We tell ourselves we can handle a whole lot more. But God is telling us, listen, you've you, you got to understand, I've, I've placed some rules in your life. I've placed some boundaries. You, you need to establish some healthy boundaries. You remember Adam and Eve in the garden? Right? God said, you can eat from any tree in the garden. You can have any fruit that you want from any tree in the garden except, except this one tree. And yet the serpent comes and tells Adam and Eve, you just got to eat from that tree. You just got to try it. I can imagine Adam and Eve, they're looking around and they're thinking, listen, God loves us. God's a friend of ours. He's been walking with us and he loves us. He ain't going to care. He's going to forgive me. And so they begin to eat from the tree. And who comes back to confront them? Adam and Eve are confronted by God. He comes back. And we know how that turned out. We are still, still dealing with the fallout of that decision from thousands of years ago. And God has placed these things in our lives for our protection, for our own good. How many of you, when raising children, you establish some ground rules? You have some boundaries, right? We, we have these rules because we love our children. God has established these rules in our lives because He loves us. We're His children. And we need to understand, we need to watch these things and, and, and obey them because they're actually a good thing for us. God's not just a killjoy trying to take our fun away. Here's what he says in Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. In other words, it's really important to guard yourself. That's what this is telling us. And right before, guard your heart, the writer of Proverbs said, above all else. Guys, this is important. This wasn't like, hey, this is something you might want to think about, and when you get around to it, guard your heart. Above all else, above everything else, guard your heart. Think about it. Solomon was the wisest person who ever lived, and here he says, above everything, guard your heart. This is a big deal. And what God is saying is this. What, what does that mean? In the Hebrew, the heart is referring to the inner man, the inner person. Everything that is important in your core values, those things that are in your heart, guard those things. It's your feelings, your emotions, those are in your heart, your thoughts, your decision, even though, you know, your thoughts, you think they're in your brain, they come out of your heart. Your life is in your heart. We are to guard our hearts above everything else. And Solomon knew that there were going to be things that would come along that would tempt us. And so often, I believe we lose focus on the most important things in life. 
because we let other things into our lives that might not seem like all that big a deal at the time, might just seem like a little thing, but then those little things start to add up until you turn around and you find out, listen, my heart has grown so cold, my heart has gotten so hard because I've allowed Satan to let these, these little things into my life. And then all of a sudden, those characteristics of peace and patience and joy, they're no longer there because we've let all of this other junk in. So what are the most important things? We're back to those three F's now, right? Here's the first one. Faith. One of the first boundaries that I think we need to establish, first thing we need to guard is our faith. I put this as the most important because when we look through the scriptures, when we read through the gospels and we see the life of Jesus Christ, what do we see the most? We see Jesus getting away from the everyday grind of life on a regular basis and spending time with the Father. Time and time again. You read through it. You see, you see Jesus spending time with God. We see Jesus getting away from people. We see Jesus leaving his disciples behind. Why? Spend time with God. Look at Mark 1, 35 through 37. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him, and when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. And so Jesus understood that, that he received his guidance, he received his strength, he received his wisdom from spending time with his fathers, and it was through, through, through his father. It was through these times that he walked away refreshed, and he walked away nourished because he had been in fellowship with his father. And you keep reading through the Gospels. In Mark 1, 9 through 13, he spends 40 days in the desert. Although he's being tempted by Satan, he's also spending time in prayer and fasting. Mark 1.45, Jesus goes out to pray. Mark 3.13, Jesus spends all night in prayer. And in just those short few chapters, we see Jesus continually meeting with God. And what Jesus realized, and what we need to realize... Is that we need God to be a part of our lives. We need to ask Jesus Christ to be a part of our life. This isn't just something that we tack on to the end of our week. This is something that we need every single day. Jesus made it a, a priority. And he had boundaries in his life to make sure that he had that opportunity to spend time with God. I know in my personal life when I take time out. To be with God, to read His Word, to pray. My life, just coincidentally, becomes a little smoother. <laughs> you know? And, and here's how I think it works, is that when people come my way, I often treat them better. That's why my life goes smoother. It's not like God's up there with like, like some marionette or something and he's just moving everything in place to make my life easy. What happens is I start to see people differently. I have more love for people. I have more patience for people. I'm kinder to people. I listen to their problems because I've been spending time with Jesus. I figure if Jesus has got time to meet with somebody as messed up as me, I got time to meet with some people as messed up as y'all. I mean, I'm, I mean that in the kindest way. Even, I, that didn't sound good, did it? I did. It also works the other way, too. When I don't spend time with God, that's when I'm not very kind. 
That's when I'm not very loving. That's when people start to rub me the wrong way because I haven't guarded my heart. So what can I do about this? What can I do today that will help me guard my heart? What boundaries do I need to establish today? I look across the, the, this sanctuary and there, there's a, a several different groups of people in here. You know, I'm just going to, with this many people, I know that a lot of you are at different places in your walk with the Lord. For some of us this morning, you're sitting out there, you, you were drug here today. I get it, right? Maybe, maybe you didn't really want to be here. Maybe your spouse promised you that you'd go out to lunch afterwards or something, you know, and, and so you came today. Or maybe you're a teenager, you didn't really want to be here, but mom, dad says I got to be here, and you're here. And so what I'm telling you, if that's you today, what I'm telling you today is maybe consider this. Maybe consider instead of being drugged to church, maybe your first step or your next step might be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that conscious decision to go to church. The first step I want to take in my relationship with God is I'm going to make it a commitment to come to church regularly. I'm going to make church a priority in my life. I encourage you to give it a try. See if, see if it doesn't change things a little bit. There's a second group of people here this morning. I think you've been coming to church and, and uh, you know, you come about every week. But you know that you need something more. Your heart is telling you, your spirit is telling you, you, you need to go deeper. You want to take the next step in your faith. Maybe, maybe for you, that's that decision to get involved in a Bible study. Um, We've got Bible study at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning. We're, we're mapping out some new small group stuff now that we're going to roll out, hopefully, uh, very, very uh, soon in the coming uh, weeks and months. Uh, and, and make that a conscious decision. Even if it's not with a group of other people, make that conscious decision that you're going to get into the Word and you're going to study it on a regular basis. And then I would say there's some of you here today, you've been Christians for years. You've grown up in the church. You've heard countless sermons. Some of you could do a better job of communicating the gospel up here than I can. But something is still missing. Your, your, your heart wants to meet with God so bad. And, and maybe you're seeing the things that are going on in different places around our college campuses. Again, we keep re referring to Asbury, but it's spread to other, other campuses around the nation. You say, I want something like that. And you might not even know where to start. I, I encourage you, whatever sin is in your life, to repent of that sin. Whatever relationships in your life are torn, do your best to reconcile those relationships and dive into the Word. And you say, well, where do I start? Just, just pick a book in the New Testament. Just start reading it. Start with Matthew. I, I, it doesn't really matter. The goal is this. Carve out about 10 minutes a day and read one or two chapters of the Bible and just pray to God. And, and I think this, this can radically change your life. I think your heart will begin to soften. I think as you study the life of Jesus, you'll start to become more like Jesus. And you might be sitting out there thinking, Ron, you don't understand. I am so busy. From the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed, I am meeting myself, coming and going. I don't have time. Really? 
10 minutes? Out of the 1,440 minutes God has given you in a day, you don't have 10 minutes? Get up 10 minutes earlier. (laughs) From the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed. Well, get up 10 minutes earlier. You say, well, I'm not a morning person. Go to bed 10 minutes later. Find time. Read the words of the one who created you. Who died for you. Who has offered eternal life for you. He's forgiven you of the sins that you can't even forgive yourself of. And yet he's forgiven them. And you don't want to talk to him? You can't carve out ten minutes? I think what you'll find out is as you start to carve out those ten minutes, those ten minutes are going to become fifteen, fifteen is going to become twenty. And then all of a sudden some of those things that you thought were so important that you had to do every day, some of those things start to fall by the wayside. And you start taking more time for Jesus. Boundary number two is our family. We live in a society where family is being pushed to the side. We're trying to redefine what the family is. Many of us have struggles with setting up healthy relationships within our families because it's far too easy for us to get caught up in this rat race. Many of us are in or many of you, not me, I say us, but many of you are in working situations where if you do not push to get certain things done, they're not going to get done. Some of you are being asked to work longer hours than you've ever had to work before. We know that, that, that every, every place you look is hiring. There's a work shortage everywhere, right? You, you, you have these meetings at work, meeting after meeting after meeting. You bring home your work with you at night sometimes because you feel like if you, if you fall too far behind, then your job might be on the line. I get that. Um, you know, in fact, maybe on your way home from work, you start to rationalize with yourself. Well, you know what? I'm going to do this tonight at home. I'm going to have my nose in my computer. And I'm going to finish this job here tonight. I'll make it up to my family tomorrow. I'll make it up to my family next week. Or, you know what? Next summer, I'm going to take my family on a cool vacation. I'm going to make it all right for all those times I've been absent. As the old song says, tomorrow never comes for some. For some of you, you've got children involved in extracurricular activities. Boy, I, I tell you what, man, that's one thing, raising kids and getting them through high school, that I don't miss those. Amen? Anybody with me? I miss them, but I don't miss them. You know, you, you find yourself running here and there. You've got kids involved in multiple sports. You've got kids involved in dance and in music and scouts and 4-H and all these different things. And it doesn't take long before every single night of your week is booked up with some kind of meeting or some kind of practice or some kind of game. And I'm I speaking to any parents here this morning. It gets absolutely crazy. And you have to ask yourself sometimes, is it really worth the time and the travel and the effort I mean, you're glad to see your kids involved in these activities, and there's nothing wrong with those things. Kids enjoy it. They're having fun. But is it really worth the toll that it can take on your family? And this is a huge, huge challenge, especially for those of you who still have children at home. And we may need to ask ourselves, what are the boundaries that we're going to put in place to make sure that our family doesn't go off the rails because we're so busy? I remember someone saying to me one time when our boys were small, 
Enjoy your children because time will go by so fast it won't be long before they're out of the house. How true. And so those are the challenges that we have in our family. So what can we do? I believe first thing you need to do is you need to take time for your spouse. This is the relationship that matters the most in the family dynamics, whether you have children or not. The relationship needs to be solid between the two of you. And that's, that's hard work, you know. Maintaining and having a relationship that's growing between the two of you. Uh, it's hard work. It takes time for it to grow stronger. One of the problems is you start off okay and then you start to add children into the mix. And what I have seen down through the years, and, and while it's good, you love your children, but then your lives become all about your children. And then... You don't take time for your spouse, and, and that relationship starts to suffer. And then when the children are out of the house, you're looking at each other. What happened? Because your life was all about your children, and you neglected the most important one. Well, this is something a lot of people struggle with, and you've got to be intentional about spending time with your spouse. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I think, some, some days. Husbands, give your wife a call every day or send a text. It's so easy to send a text, right? When she comes to mind, just shoot her a text. It'll mean the world to know that you're thinking about it. Wives, take time out for your husbands. I know some of you have had incredibly long days with your children, but spend time with your husbands. The relationship you build together is going to have a huge impact towards your family, and you need to carve out time for your spouse. Then take time out for your children. Your children love to spend time with you as well. You know? um, take time out for them. Children, you need to you, with them, you need to have both quality time and quantity time. You know, it's not one or the other. It needs to be both. Your children need to spend time with you. And it might be some things that you just don't like to do. You might find yourself doing things that you have absolutely no interest in. Right? When they're younger, I mean, it's a whole lot easier. It's easy to just, you know, pick up a book or something and read it to them and they're all good. But then when they get a little older, especially you guys with, with you, you guy... Uh, dad, you dads that have daughters, uh, bless your hearts, you know, uh, do, you're going to have to do tea parties, you know, or something. You're going to have to, whether you like it or not. And moms, you might need to go out and play catch with your son or something like that. Just spend time with your kids. And as the children get older, you know, the things that you do, they might be a little bit different. It might be more like going shopping or getting ice cream or something like that. But you take time out to do those specific things with, with your kids. And kids, as you get older... Understand that your parents want you to do things with them too. As you become an adult child, don't forget your parents because they still want to have a relationship with you as well. The third boundary is friends. Okay? I think the uh, last thing that, that I want to talk about this morning is friends. Each of us needs to have healthy boundaries with our friends. And here's the deal. We all want to be accepted by people, right? Whether we're a little kid on the playground, whether we're a teenager, whether you're a young adult, whether you're an old adult, we want to fit in. We want people to care about us. We're attracted to people that accept us. 
as adults, we realize that our friends sometimes influence the direction of our lives, right? Friendships are so powerful, and they're so great. But the thing that I think can make friendships dangerous sometimes is that when you're around people who have accepted you, you then start to be susceptible to their influence in your lives, whether they're good or bad. And I really believe that acceptance can lead to being influenced. When you're around people who have accepted you, you often begin to drop your guard. You let things slide, right? Because you want to fit in. You want to keep that friendship going. I saw this all the time as a youth minister, not as much as adults. It's probably more, uh, more prevalent in kids, but it's in, in adults too. When people are in, a, in an environment where they are completely accepted, I have seen students, I've seen adults do this too, widely open to negative influences in their lives that can do a ton of damage. In fact, if I were to ask you what your greatest regret is, it probably revolves around people that you thought were your friends. And when you're with those people who accept you, you can either drop your guard and forget some of the things that you know from Scripture and what God has placed in your life. Or you can stand up and you say, I don't care. No. I don't care. I don't care how they react to my faith. I don't care how they react to my stance on this particular issue. At the time, some of the things that we do, they seem like fun, right? I mean, if it wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. But we don't think about the consequences of our actions. And then years later, some people are still dealing with the damage that was caused when your heart wasn't guarded. You let people influence you in a negative way. As our worship team comes this morning, I want to read this passage of Scripture from 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says, don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. And I've seen this happen countless times. In fact, once you begin to go down a bad route, it, it's sometimes difficult to change your behavior. Sometimes you feel like you're too far into it, right? And you don't want to lose your friends. And so you start to do some of, the, some of those things or you're willing to continue to, to do those things. And it's extremely hard to break out of that cycle. For some, maybe you've got one set of friends uh, right now and you know it's a negative thing and you need to get, at, you need to get away from them and have a new set of friends. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. You need to establish those boundaries because your friends have the power to influence you positively or negatively. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wiser. Associate with fools and get in trouble. It's so important to have boundaries with our friends. And I know it's not easy. I, I know we've covered a ton this morning. I, I was worried about the message today. I, I looked at my notes when I printed my sermon out. and I thought, man, this is going to be a long one. I am so sorry. But I do feel like I need to share this with you before we close. You say, we, I don't know where to start. I've got so many things going on. I don't know where to start, right? I don't know, your faith, your family, your friends. I've got so many things I need to probably establish you're not going to cover it all today. Start with one of them. 
You know, start, recognize, whatever it is, the, the boundary you wrote on your uh, outline, if you wrote that down, I'm going to guess that that probably falls into one of those three categories that we talked about. All right? Whatever it is, start there. Start praying about it. Right? If you're not sure where to start or even how to, um, here's what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, and I want you to stand while I talk about this for a second. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that last part? The peace of God transcends all understanding will guard your heart and will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. If you don't have that peace with God why not? Maybe some of you need to start there. Maybe some of you need to be reconciled to Him. You need to confess Jesus as the Christ and repent of your sins and be baptized into Him like like we're going to see here in just a little bit. We've got one Young person that's going to be baptized here very shortly. I'm so excited for her. Maybe that's where you need to start. Or maybe you've already made that decision, but you've kind of let some of your friends influence you and drag you away. And your heart has become unguarded. You need to repent of that. Get back to doing what you know God wants you to do. Whatever it is you need to do today, I encourage you to, to make that decision while we sing this song. Let's